thank you because every time you speak into our heart you speak so that we might be changed transformed to become like you we thank you today that you are our king and our lord we thank you that you have the most prominent place in our lives and i just pray fill us oh god this this morning the holy spirit that we'll be able to receive your word and be transformed in jesus mighty name we pray everybody said aloud amen Amen. Amen. Last week we um, we started this teaching or understanding uh, on the foundations uh, of the book of Hebrews in chapter 6 and we looked at the that there are six foundational teachings of God's word repentance from dead works and faith towards God and we looked at uh, there is a baptism water baptisms and then there is a resurrection from the dead eternal judgment and uh, you know six different foundations we talked about we we see in the bible the laying on of hands or godly order and we looked at an introduction on this teaching of repentance from dead works how god wants us to repent from the things that we do that makes us feel righteous or good in a very precious way so we saw last week how when a gentile or a jew uh, and a child of god when we look at righteousness all these three groups of people look at righteousness very differently this is what we saw over the last week and then we saw how a gentile his concept of righteousness is that somehow i must stay out of trouble with god i must do what it takes bribe him if i can give an offering do what it takes to stay righteous before god and his worship or his trying to stay righteous is to a god he doesn't know he's trying to somehow uh worship a god he doesn't know and keep out of the bad books of that god and we looked at the jew for the jew his understanding of righteousness had a lot to do with keeping the basic requirements that was going to keep him right before god so he thought okay what is it what are the minimum number of things i must do to stay right before god and he counted 10 the 10 commandments You shall love the Lord thy God you shall not have commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not covet you shall not all those things and then and, and and then he thought to himself wow if i am doing these basic 10 things i'm doing pretty good now the challenge with these two is that that the law the scriptures did not bring any of us to a place of righteousness with just these two things the for a child of god unlike the gentile and the jew for the gentile it was stay out of god's uh, stay out of trouble with god for the jew it was become righteous in front of god with 10 basic qualifications tell do all the checkpoints that's why when jesus asked the rich uh, the rich young ruler came to jesus and said jesus what should i do to become born again or to enter the kingdom jesus said well keep the 10 commandments he said oh that one man that's pretty good i've been doing that from childhood and so often there seems to be a uh, uh, you know a thought in our heart that i'm doing everything well according to the basic 10 things god must be very very happy with me but when it comes to a child of god a child of god righteousness to this child of god means to be loved by god so much so that god loved us so much that we he died on the cross for us that we today are saying it's not my works or i'm receiving your forgiveness on my life and because i receive your forgiveness i am justified before you i am sanctified i'm made a child of god and thereby walking in his righteousness in the love of god you see many years ago i heard a story and the story i heard was about a young girl who was speeding on the highway in some particular nation and in those days there were what we would call the mobile courts the mobile courts were where the courts were a magistrate would be there and if you were caught for traffic violations you would be picked up taken to the mobile court and judgment would be passed immediately so this young girl was picked up on a highway by the police and taken to this mobile court and the judge was sitting there and the judge looked at her and said young woman guilty or not guilty and the young woman looked at the judge and said your honor i am guilty and then after having said that the 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 judge does something amazing the judge asks her a hundred dollars or 10 days in prison and the woman was quiet then the judge stood up brought the baron down and said 
$100. And then he walked down and he paid up the $100. What was the story behind this? This judge was none other than the girl's father. He was such a righteous judge that the wages of the penalty of that mistake had to be paid. But he was such a loving father that he went down himself and he paid up that penalty. Many people think if God is love, how can he be, how can he find fault with anybody? You see, it is not that God is finding fault. We, God, because he is love, love always operates with laws. When you love your children, you put laws. Why? To protect them. You don't put laws to hurt them. You put laws to protect them. Not everybody likes those laws, but those laws are birthed in love. In fact, righteousness is because God is love. Amen. That means God is a righteous God and God is love. And because of that, the wages of sin had to be punished. And this judge goes down and pays that punishment. So for a child of God, becoming right with God has very little to do with what I am doing right or what I am doing wrong. It has everything to do with God has forgiven me. Hallelujah. It is powerful to encounter all the riches of God's mercy and love towards us. That if we would just stand every day thinking about the amazing mercy and love of God which is towards us. But when we study the righteousness of God, you cannot study the righteousness of God by minimizing that God operates with laws. That God cannot be righteous, you can't call him righteous without there being laws. Why? Because righteous means to be right with God. How can I be right with God when God doesn't have laws? And therefore God had given a law to Adam and Eve. And what was the law? You shall not eat of that one tree or that is there in that garden. You will not eat of that one tree. And they broke that one law. You see, God did not throw Eve out of the garden for murder. Because there was no law on murder. The only law was you shall not eat of that tree. And she violated that law and the wages of that sin was death. That there was spiritual death and she was asked to leave the garden. And then the Bible says, after that, many years later, the Bible says that Moses, through Moses, God gave the Ten Commandments. So ten more laws were added. Now this was a very interesting situation. When we as Christians, when we obey one law, we feel very good about it. But the moment we break any one law... We are guilty of breaking all the laws. So what happened is that when Israel became a nation, God said, I want you as a nation to be different from every other nation. I want you to be a model nation. I want you to be a light to the Gentiles. I want you to be an example to the people. And you know that everyone who comes into something is not always someone that that is walking according to the laws. Everyone that comes to a church is not necessarily everyone that loves God. There are people that obey the word of God and there are other people that disobey the word of God. So when you look in the Bible in Romans 2, the Bible says, Therefore we are without excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that you judge another, you condemn yourself. Now what happens is that many times once we become come to Christ, we are now suddenly comparing our righteousness with others. And we'll say, they, they are not good. The moment you say, they are not good, you are saying, I am better than them. The moment you're saying, I am better than them, you are thinking in your heart, you know what? They're not so good at me because I forgive, they didn't forgive. I pray, they don't pray. I fast, they don't fast. Suddenly there is this big comparison of our righteousness. And God says, every one of our righteousness, God says, is like filthy rags before God. And the moment we are constantly judging others, God is saying we are taking a place in a courtroom where we have to prove our righteousness to God. But the Bible says, and we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice these things. He's saying God is a righteous God. Righteousness means there is judgment. If there is right, if God is righteous, there will be judgment. Why? Because if you violate his laws, he will discern. And the Bible says if anybody practices sin, the Bible says God has to judge. Why? He's righteous. Because what does that mean? What's the connection? But how does he become righteous? Because he is love. Love is not partial. Love is impartial. Which means he has to judge right from wrong. 
So when God was looking, he just had to judge man because he was righteous. And why was he righteous? Because he loved. Because he loved, he had to judge between right and wrong. It's not because God is looking to condemn. It is, that is God's nature. He cannot deny himself. Because he's love, he has to be just. Because he's just, he has to be impartial. When he's impartial, he will judge between right and wrong. When he judges between right and wrong, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But when he looked at all of that, he knew. But he couldn't stop there. That one day, the free gift of God had to be Jesus Christ who became our righteousness. Amen. There was God is such a righteous God. The Bible says that we cannot escape. Verse, verse 3 says, And do you suppose, O man, when you pass judgment upon those who practice such things and do the same yourself, do you think you will escape such a judgment? So what God is saying is, He's saying you and I cannot judge somebody and think that we will escape such a judgment. What is this premise in Romans and chapter 2? The premise in Romans and chapter 2, Paul is trying to establish to the Roman Jewish people that came were in Rome. He's trying to establish to them, please don't try to establish yourself to be very righteous. And other people are not like you. Or others have violated you. Others have hurt you. You're the only one who hasn't done anything wrong. Bible says, every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. That is why the mercy of God means so much more. To the sinner than to the righteous one. Because the righteous one feels I haven't done anything much. The Bible says, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? That more we encounter God, more God wants us. And it says, therefore, we are without excuse. Romans 1 says we are without excuse. Romans chapter 2 says we are without excuse. The Bible goes on to say, if we have sinned, then the Bible says, every mankind has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. One day a preacher was traveling on a plane and one man was sitting next to him. It was a businessman. They got talking. So the businessman asked the preacher what he did. He said, I'm a preacher. And the businessman evidently got uncomfortable uh, with, you know, sitting next to a preacher. He knows he's got to confront this whole issue of uh, how his life is. And so he looked at the preacher and he said, I'm quite okay. I'm not too bad. So the preacher looked at him and said, who do you consider the most righteous one? Is God righteous? So he said, yeah, God is righteous. He said, how much would you score God? He said, 100. So he said, if God is 100, then how much would you give Mother Teresa? So he thought for a little while, you know, Mother Teresa has got to be a good lady. You know, she took care of babies and, and took care of all those little helpless people. He said, well, Mother Teresa, I would give her 85, 100. So he said, then how much would you give the Pope? So I said, well, the Pope will give about 70 uh, out of 100. Okay, so 70 out of 100. So he said, how much would you give me as a preacher? He said, to you, maybe I'll give 40. And then he said, then how much would you give to you? He said, well, me below that. He said, but I just thought you said you're pretty okay. You're doing quite okay. You see, because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, including Mother Teresa, because she's just a human being. The Bible says she, you, me, every one of us, we were locked up in our sin one day to face the judgment of God. And therefore, we are without excuse. If there is anybody in this place that has not encountered the love of God, I want you to know every one of us, we are locked, have been locked up in our sin and going to be judged. Why? Because God is love. People think because God is love, he cannot judge. He has to judge because he's love. He has to be impartial. And he goes on to say, therefore, when God has done this, Jesus, he was planning to send Jesus. Now, Jesus came at a time when the Pharisees were having a free-for-all. You know, the Pharisees were now had made a religion out of this entire Ten Commandments that God had given the Jews. After Abraham, Abraham walked by faith. After Abraham, a few years later, God sent a man called Moses. And Moses had led Israel out of Egypt and, and he went up Mount Sinai and God gave him the Ten Commandments. How many of you know the Ten Commandments? You've heard about it at least? Well, I'm not asking if you know all the Ten Commandments. I'm, all I'm asking is if you heard about it. Okay. All right. So, but read it. I'm telling you in Exodus in chapter 20, the Ten Commandments are there. 
in Exodus in chapter 20. The Bible talks about it, how, how God gave it to Moses. And now he said, Moses, I want Israel to follow these 10 commandments. And then he told Israel, he said, if you follow these 10 commandments, it is good for you. Israel thought for a while, and Israel said, well, that sounds pretty okay. Because you know what? I think, we, I think it's good for us to follow these 10 commandments. Why? Because uh, uh, let God judge us on this. And if we keep these 10, we're good with God. And if we don't keep these 10, we're not good with God. So every time Israel looked at itself, Israel would look at itself and say, hey, I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty okay. And then they looked at others. And they said, they're not good. They're not good. And now that we have come to Christ, many of us, we still operate with a Gentile mindset or we operate with a Jewish mindset. And very, very few children of God operate with a mindset of a child of God. What is a Gentile mindset? Many people, they have a Gentile mindset. What is a Gentile mindset? After they come to Christ, everything about their mindset is, what minimum do I need to do to stay out of the bad books of God and get to heaven? Somehow, I need... You see, if you don't understand what it means to walk in the fullness of the children of God. What it means to walk in the amazing love of, love of God. All we're thinking is, what is the basic minimum? How do I stay out of trouble with God? How do I stay out of trouble with God? And, and so we say, if I give an offering, will God be happy? If I go to church every Sunday, will God be happy? Will God be happy if I, if I don't swear? If will God be happy? No, the Bible says, if every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. How many of you recognize that in your life? We have sinned and we have fallen short of God's glory. And so the people said in Exodus 19 and verse 8. The people looked at Moses and all the people and he said, he said it is good. This sounds good. If we can just keep these few commandments, that will sound really good. And all the people answered together and said... All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. So Moses was now representing Israel to God. And he was representing God to Israel. And when he discussed with the people, God wants to give some laws. Is that okay? And the people said, yeah, that's a good idea. Tell him to give the laws. We will keep them. This sounds good to us. How many are there? Ten of them is going to come. Pretty okay. What are they? Love God with all your heart. That first one itself, they should have known they're going to default. I mean, the first one itself was a, was a no-go for them. But they said, bring it on, man. Come on. Oh, we're not so bad. All right, after all, we're the children of Abraham, you know, our father Abraham. You know, many of us are like that. We're, we're Christians. Bring it on. My grandfather was a, was a preacher. My father was a preacher. My uncle's a, my grandfather's brother was a bishop. And you know which, which background we come from? Some of us have come originally straight from Syria. Uh, our gene pool is also got an Assyrian gene pool. Some of us, you know, uh, some parts of India, they say they've come straight from Israel. They're part of the lost tribe. And we say, hey, bring it on. Bring it on, they're saying. Show us and we will keep these Ten Commandments. And God gave the Ten Commandments so that it would be a law by which the land went. As if these ten were not enough, by the time Jesus came, the Pharisees were jobless. So they decided we need to churn out a few more laws. Do's, don't do, do, don't do. So they added 613 more laws. I mean, to keep ten in mind is hard enough. So they added ceremonial laws and they added other laws and, and they constantly added some laws. And now that they said, you shall not work on the Sabbath, which means you shall, walking is working. Therefore, how many minimum steps you must take? If you take more than these many steps, you have worked. You know, see, for a Jew on the Sabbath, you know, the disciples of Jesus, they took the grain and they threshed, you know, and they, and they ate of the grain from the field. That was work. Why? Because when they plucked it, it was a harvest. When they rubbed it between their fingers, it was a, what do you call it? Threshing, threshing. Then they blow it. That was a winnowing. And they would eat it. That, that was work. And that's why they looked at Jesus and said, your disciples are, are doing work on the Sabbath. They added law after law, after law, after law. Now we come to church. Once we come to church, that we, you know, joined the rank of the Pharisees and now we are adding new laws. We add law after law after law. You sat on the second row, not good enough. God is looking at who is sitting in the first row. 
And now some of you, like we said last week, you know, when we were announcing about, oh, we had a great time at the church retreat. Some of you were strutting like a cock and looking around at others who didn't make it to the church retreat. You sinners, you missed that so badly. Suddenly, righteousness is being added on. And we're like the Pharisees because our, our mindset constantly wants to tell others, you are wrong, I'm right. Don't we do it with our spouse? Don't we do it with our children? Don't we do it with our people in the church? We constantly want to feel better by putting others down. And God says, all your righteousness is like filthy rags before me. The issue with the law, with when we come to Christ, if we try to do the same thing, the problem with the righteousness that comes from the law is that, you know, is that the law gives no middle ground. If you obey, you'll be blessed. If you disobey, you'll be cursed. Now, how many of you want to be under that kind of a judgment? The law gives no middle ground. Yet, we apply the judgment of the law on other people. We apply the judgment of the law upon, other pe- upon ourselves and other people so that we will become righteous. Now, when God gave the, all these laws, it's not because the law was bad. Why did God give the law? Is because the law revealed to us that we need a savior. The law would reveal to us how much more I need God's help. You know, when we break God's heart, we break man's heart, how much more those moments if you've been through brokenness and you, you, you know some of the things that you, you felt very good about, you know, that I do not make a mistake about. And then down the road, you made a mistake in that very area. And you go back and you feel terrible about it. And you feel, oh, I was so righteous in this area. But now I have made a mistake. And what happens? Why did God give that law? So that so much more we would recognize we need a savior. The law is not bad. The law is good. Some preachers all around the land, they they make the law look terrible. The law is not bad. The law is given because of love. The law is good. Every law that was given to the Jewish people was just to let them know that God wanted to give them a savior. So when the law was given, it was given one to the, that, that we would come to the end of our self-effort to become righteous in front of God. Many people want to become righteous in front of God by, by, uh, because I did this, because I prayed, because I fasted, because I woke up at four in the morning and prayed while pastor was sleeping. Therefore, I must be much more righteous than pastor is. I, you know, I want you to know there is no brownie point for that. You must have prayed from four o'clock in two hours of self-righteousness. A pastor may have got up at six o'clock and said, Father, <laughs> oh my goodness. You don't know what you got yourself into. The Bible talks about do not depend on your righteousness. On what you are doing. Because there is no brownie point for that. So what do we depend on? Oh, the mercy of God. How merciful God has been. That has to be the foundation. God is saying in this first teaching that I'm teaching you in this series. God is saying it is time we repent for our dead works. The works that we are doing again and again and again and feeling very good about it. Oh, I'm better than my husband. Why? I love him. He doesn't love me. He's going to hell. That's self-righteousness. You're going with him. Even there you won't escape him. (laughs) Oh, somebody, you feel that's terrible. No brownie points for self-righteousness. God is saying God wants, he wants you to, he gave these laws to raise the standards so that they would know they need not to be right in the law, but a relationship with the father. They wanted, God wanted them to come back to the father. When sin would increase because of the law. So the book of Romans goes to explain these things. And, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, that the sting of sin, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 56, 
The Bible goes on to say the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. Which means because the law came, sin came. If the law wasn't, the sin wouldn't come. And because sin came, the wages of sin was death. But then why did law come? Because love was there. Some people say if he had not given any law, everything would have been fine. No, law was there because of love. And why did God start with only one law? Because at that time, everything was perfect. All they needed was that one law. Don't eat of that tree. That's all that was needed. And some people ask, but why did he place that tree in that garden? He should not have. Because he was created as the son of God. He had the God nature in him. Which means he had the ability to align himself to the words of God. And the ways of God. So when, if God wanted to do that, religion tries to do something else. Religion tries to train us to keep the law in somehow that we are... You know, that we can keep God happy. Most people do not know, even in the churches. They, do, they know Old Testament, New Testament. But they don't understand Old Covenant, New Covenant. They don't know what is the Old Covenant. They don't know that there was an Old Covenant on Mount, given on Mount Sinai, which is the Ten Commandments. And then God finding that these Ten Commandments were a temporary thing. Everybody say Temporary. You see, the old covenant was never planned by God as a, per, as a permanent thing. And his kingdom would have reign in our hearts and through our hearts into the lives of the people. This is why when, when the Pharisees constantly, constantly, they tried to look good in front of God. God, Father, I just want to thank you. Hallelujah. Listen to some of our prayers. Sounds like this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for keeping me and thank you that I could fast and thank you that I could pray and, and thank We won't say this, but we think it. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that other person who, who didn't come for the fasting prayer. Uh, thank you, Lord, that I'm there for every meeting, but that person, I don't know why he is even there on the planet. If it's not for the kingdom. Suddenly we're feeling all righteous about ourselves. I prayed one hour. He prayed one minute and slept. That's your husband. <laughs> Suddenly we are feeling all righteous about this. Or, or my wife, I don't know why she's not obeying God. And, well, I'm obeying God. We're feeling all righteous about this. And God is saying that this, this Pharisee who is looking up and saying, God, I thank you I'm not like him. While the unrighteous person, Gentile tax collector is saying, Father, I'm not even worthy to look up. And the Bible says that God heard his prayer. And when God, when you come to understanding the foundational teaching of the Christian faith, the Bible says God wants you and me to repent from every dead work. You know, one day I heard a story from Ravi Zacharias, just touched my heart. Oh, the mercy of God. He shared a story one day, many years ago, he preached in Vietnam. And while he was preaching in Vietnam, somebody was his translator. And Ravi Zacharias, many years later, met this translator in America. And when he met him in America, he said, hey, you're here, wonderful, so good to see you. And he said, what, what happened in the last many, many years? And the translator looked at Ravi Zacharias and said, you don't know what, I, what, what happened to my life. He said, after your meetings were over, you had gone back, and a few months later, whatever. He said, I was arrested by the communist government, the Vietnamese government at that time. He said, I was arrested and put in jail for believing in Jesus Christ as my savior. And he said, there they tortured me. There they beat me. There they, they stripped every dignity out of me. They put me to clean the toilets day after day after day. And he said, do you know what? He said, those, those military leaders, they used the Bible, pages of the Bible for toilet paper. He said, I was, I was so angry with God. He said, how could God allow Something like this to happen to Christians. He said day after day after day. And they brainwashed me with their teaching. Saying there is no God. There is no God. And they beat me. And they made me work hard. And, and they brainwashed me. He said months went by. I fought to hold on. Until one day he said. I decided. Today is the last day. If God doesn't do something today. I am done with this Jesus. Some of us are like that. We are saying this is the last day. Jesus. If you don't do something today, I'm done with you. I want you to know something. For Jesus, this is, that is not the last day. On the day he hung on the cross for you, 
he said it is finished i have demonstrated my love to maximum this man told in his heart i'm going to give up jesus today and that day they sent him again to the toilet to clean the toilets and when he went to the toilet he saw in the corner one paper toilet paper like a dirty toilet paper and he said it looked like the page of the bible and he thought in his heart oh we don't have any bible here it's been so long since i've seen an english page and he looked at that page and he washed it and he looked at it and it was romans and chapter 8 what can separate me from the love of god neither height nor depth nor principalities nor powers things present things to come nothing can separate me from the love of god that is the way god loves us he says when i read that my heart was kindled again he asked them can you post me to the toilet every day and he went back and they started collecting the pages of this bible and they would memorize it and the believers started sharing page after page with the other believers that were in that camp together they would memorize portions of scripture together so that just as they are being on one side pressurized to give up christ on the other side they were meditating the scripture i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against thee god is calling you and me to move from do's and don'ts god is calling you and me to move to his love to move to an understanding of the love of god in such a mighty way hebrews chapter 7 verse 19 the bible says the purpose of the law ended when jesus died and was resurrected when you look at the look at everyone that is trying to become perfect and you're thinking you know what thou shall not commit adultery that i did thou shall not murder that i have not done at least till now <laughs> uh, someone said that joke was about so uh, there was a book written like this how to stay married and not kill each other you know you know so, sometimes we just want to we we saying when i compare with everybody else my marriage is better than them so i must be really good Oh I am and we're constantly looking at the good and the right and the wrong and the right and the wrong and some people you've gone through so much brokenness that you feel like a failure I failed in my marriage I failed in my home I failed as a father I failed as a husband I failed as a wife and you're constantly feeling I'm a failure and I want you to know today you are the righteousness of God in Christ you're not righteous because you passed or you failed you're righteous because jesus said it is finished god is building up a righteousness which i'm going to talk about next week a righteousness that comes by faith which is a powerful righteousness but hebrews 7:19 goes on to say like this it goes on to say that for the law made nothing perfect and on the other hand there was a bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to god the law positioned us for a savior hallelujah the law positioned us the law showed us wow you need a savior that the moment we hear the gospel we say that's it i want a savior because every other way i will fail how many understand what i'm talking about today every other way i'm going to fail but some people who love the bible so much some places when i go i tell people God's not calling us to become righteous through the 10 commandments they you know especially if you're born in a christian home we feel we feel so much for the 10 commandments because lord's prayer 10 commandments they grilled it inside us when we were children you better so everybody you know when the moment you hear see your righteousness doesn't come from the 10 commandments that people say are we not supposed to follow it my answer is no we are not supposed to follow the 10 commandments why because god has given higher commandments 10 plus a lot more in the higher one where love god with all your heart all your soul all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself that's not 10 that's a lot more than that that's that jesus just added a whole bunch more and yet we are so but 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 on the mountain you know especially those of you that grew up seeing the the, the movie 10 commandments have you seen that and the fire from heaven moses was standing he's standing out there's burning fire in the rock and then moses comes down with that see even those 10 tablets he threw it and he broke it right over there 
See, he, even he couldn't keep those tablets too long. I mean, Moses couldn't keep it. Then, you know, think about you and me. But we, we, we got such a religious attachment to the Ten Commandments. And Jesus said, I've come to give you something higher. By the way, even the Ten Commandments is for Judaism. Why? Because one of the Ten Commandments was about keeping the Jewish Sabbath. And how many of you know we are not Jews? Okay, how many of you don't know you're not Jews? How many of you know you're sitting in church this morning? Okay. Yeah. So, we're not Jews. Because we're not Jews, we're not bound to keep that Sabbath. Then what are we about? The New Testament Sabbath is a step of faith. It's Romans and chapter, Hebrews 4 talks about the New Testament Sabbath. What about this 10 command? Listen, I'm going to give you some scriptures, which, I, which we're closing with this t- today. Why? Why? Why the 10? Where? What is the position of the 10 commandments in comparison to our righteousness today? Listen, God never changes moral law. Are you listening to me? God never changes moral law. When he says thou shalt not commit adultery, he means thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, what does the, it, it doesn't mean that I'm, your righteousness is coming by that. He means that that is the heart of God. Moral law is not going to change. But your righteousness is going to come by repentance at the foot of the cross. Many people think my, I'm righteous because I received Christ. No, you cannot receive Christ without repentance. Because Christ is a king. When you say I repent means I was, I was facing the wrath of God. But now, and I was separated from his kingdom. But now I'm being brought back into his kingdom And now I am reconciled. Everybody say reconciled. To be righteous means you are reconciled. You are brought to a place of peace with God. You can't say I am the righteousness of God and live however you want. You have to obey the heart of God because of love. But what happens to the Ten Commandments? I am just going to give you a few points. The first thing about the Ten Commandments is Romans chapter 10 and verse 4. I want you to listen to, think, think of these scriptures carefully. Romans 10 and verse 4. The first thing you need to understand about the Ten Commandments. Read it together for me. Come on. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who... Who is the end of the law? Christ is. Which law is this talking about? The righteousness that came from keeping the Ten Commandments. The Bible says now Christ is the, is the what? It is the what? It is the what? It is the what? End means what? End means? End means? Come on, help me. Christ is the? Listen, Pastor John is not the one responsible to be the end of the law. Are you listening to me? Who is the end of the law? Christ is, which means when Christ came. The righteousness from the Ten Commandments ceased. Righteousness came from bowing your knees before Christ as king. Amen. That's what happened. That God would say that Christ is the end of the law. Righteousness for everyone who believes. The second thing about the Ten Commandments, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7. The Ten Commandments. If the Ten Commandments, which is called, what is it called? But if the ministry of death. What is the Ten Commandments called? The ministry of death. Read that scripture together, please. The ministry of death in letters engraved on. What is the letters engraved on stone? Come on, somebody help me. The Ten Commandments. What is it called? The ministry of? Which means the Ten Commandments declared to people that all are shut up under the wrath of God. So the moment I'm saying, oh, I love the Ten Commandments. I love the Ten Commandments. How can we let go? Don't let go of the moral law of God. But don't feel righteous because you know the Ten Commandments by heart and you, your Sunday school teacher made you stand in a corner and by heart it because you didn't study it on time. (laughs) 
Don't think that we become righteous because of that. Look at somebody and say, I'm not righteous because of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments just showed me how unrighteous I am. Amen. The Bible says, if there's ministry of death, the Ten Commandments is called the ministry of death. The Ten Commandments, which is called the ministry of death, was gloriously written in stone. But the two great commandments, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, is written by his finger on our heart. It's a higher law. I am not minimizing the Ten Commandments. I'm saying the righteousness from that is ended. Now righteousness is from loving Jesus. By receiving what Jesus has done. Thirdly, what is the Ten Commandments? Verse 9, 2 Corinthians 3, 9. What does the Bible say about the Ten Commandments? It says the Ten Commandments was called the administration or ministry of death and condemnation. These Ten Commandments would lead people to condemnation. As long as they were blameless, it was okay. The moment you did it, they were condemned. And you know what the terrible thing about the Ten Commandments was? There was no solution. They were. So for a Jew, as far as the Ten Commandments is concerned, there was no solution. The only thing was, he was cursed. So when we say, I want to be righteous by, by doing this, because I do, and every one of us in our, in, in our personal lives, we all have our own pet Ten Commandments, not the ones from Exodus. <laughs> Thou shalt not misretreat. <laughs> Thou shalt not change your seat in church. You will sit in that same seat till Jesus returns. <laughs> you have your own Ten Commandments. Uh, you know, uh, a pastor shall pick the phone whenever I call him and shall be available <laughs> for all our needs. You know, we have our own Ten Commandments. I, I have a right to judge my friend, but my friend has no right to have an opinion about me. We have our own ten Commandments. And God is saying, no, we come to Christ and God is saying, no, I do not want you to be doing that. Fourthly, what has the Ten Commandments done for us? What is the status today? Romans chapter 7. No, sorry. Um, verse 11. 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 11. Verse 11. What has the Ten Commandments done for us? And I want you to read it. <coughs> Come on, read it together. Let's go. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. What has happened to the Ten Commandments today? The righteousness that comes from the Ten Commandments. Come on. When I say Ten Commandments, remember I'm talking about the Old Covenant. What has happened to that now? The righteousness, it has faded away. What's happened to it? The commandments didn't change. Its relevance for righteousness faded away. It faded away. Fifthly, when it comes to Ten Commandments, Romans 7 verse 6. Romans 7 verse 6. Read it together. But now, we have been, we have been what? We have been what? Come on, let that sink in. It, we have been what? Now, don't think you're released from loving Jesus. Because if you love Jesus, you will keep his commandments. Amen. But we are released from becoming righteous like the Jew. We are also released from becoming righteous like the Gentile by bribing God, by keeping him happy, by doing some pilgrimage. We are released from all that. God says, you don't, you don't become righteous by all of that. You're released from now judging your brother. You're released from judging your sister. You're released from all of that. And God is saying, I want you now to get ready for a new commandment. What is that new commandment, Lord? Love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. We have been released from the law. Sixthly, Sixthly, Romans 7, I want you to look at verse 4 and 6. Romans 7, I want you to look at verse 4. Therefore, brethren, 
you also were made to what? Die to the law. God is calling you to die to that self-righteousness. Die, die, die to your self-righteousness. Die, die to your dead works. Die to feeling good about, I prayed two hours, I must be better. Die to it. Die to your pride of, of being an original traditional Christian. Die to it. Die to your, I was saved before them. I came to church before them. Die to it. Die to that self-righteousness. Die to the fact that I'm a pastor and they are ordinary people. Die to that righteousness. Die to your righteousness that you know the Bible or you've been involved. Or some people say, I'm connected with many, many of men of God. Die to that righteousness. Just die to it. Die to it. Look at somebody and say, die to it. Die to your self-righteousness. Die to your self-righteousness. I don't use uh, colorful clothes or I don't use, you know, all kinds of different... Die to it. Die, die to your knowledge of the Bible. I went to Bible school. He hasn't died to it. Just die to it. Die to the fact that I am as a husband, I'm better than my wife. My wife doesn't know anything. She says a proud peacock or, or my husband, he's a terrible man. What a wicked man. Die to it. Die to it. Why? Because if you don't know how to die to it, you're just positioning yourself to give account for your righteousness before God. And God is saying, just die to it and now come before the throne of grace. And saying, Father, compared to everyone else, all my righteousness is filthy rags. Filthy rags, Lord, compared to righteousness before you. Number seven, when I say, that we cannot follow the Ten Commandments because of the Jewish Sabbath that is there in it. But we have a better Sabbath that is by faith. That does not mean we shouldn't take a day of rest. God instituted a day of rest. It is good. My point is take two days of rest. Please sleep. Please spend time with God. But don't call it the Jewish Sabbath because we are not Jews. Then what are we? We are the children of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. We are bought with a price. We are sanctified. We are justified. The Jews did not have a solution. Guys, listen to me. This will blow your mind. The Jews who keep these ten commandments of righteousness are still waiting for their solution. The Messiah. They are still waiting. But we have met the Messiah. We have met the Messiah. Finally, the ten commandments today summed up in two don't go back to a righteousness righteousness of being a original Christian some of us have righteousness of being someone who came from another faith <laughs> and all these Christians hopeless fellows don't even know whether they are Christians <laughs> righteousness self righteousness God is saying I want to put it all together a new commandment I give unto you that you love God with all your heart. Every eye closed before the presence of God. Father, we just want to. We want to come before the throne of grace today. We have come to die to our self-righteousness, God. If you have been struggling with this in your life. Oh, I want you to know. The Bible says that there is no middle ground. It's either a blessing or it's a curse. If you obey, there is a blessing. If you disobey, there is a curse. You cannot stand before God with your own righteousness. Come before God today. Come before Him. Knowing that there is a righteousness that comes by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there are things in your life right now that you need to repent for. If there are people you've been harsh with. If you have been struggling with pride or self-righteousness, today the Lord would say, come before the throne of grace where you will find mercy. Let's come before the throne of grace and say, Father, we need you more than yesterday. More than yesterday, more than ever before. Father, we want to be like that tax collector that is saying, Father, forgive us. Father, for we, have, we do not know what we've been doing. Hallelujah. Father, many times we have named Christ on our lips but our hearts have been far away today we are repenting from dead works come on people go ahead talk to God right now repent from dead works dead works dead works if your heart is not in love with Jesus 
you are still operating in dead works in today if this encounter with christ is not burning on your heart oh you're in a place of dead works because the new covenant is a relationship it is not regulations it is a relationship and today we are moving from regulation to relationship spirit of god we welcome you repent from regulations move into love into relationship hallelujah thank you holy spirit if we have been judgmental about others because of regulations repent right now apologize for ask forgiveness if we have been judgmental because of regulations hallelujah we have been harsh upon our upon our, our brothers and sisters and if we've been judgmental about them and if we've been harsh and if we've been speaking pride and arrogance repent right now ask forgiveness humble down before god humble down before god humble down humble down before god and let the love of god come and take over your heart right now let it take over your heart thank you jesus 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 thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord hallelujah i just feel the lord just healing people today in your heart right now is he wants to heal some broken relationships today some of your relationships have been broken because of self righteousness god says i hate self righteousness i hate self righteousness god opposes the proud today don't be proud the lord is saying humble down before the mighty hand of god ask forgiveness ask forgiveness ask forgiveness to god and to man just go ahead ask just humble down right now before the mighty hand of god if you need to get up from this place and after the service walk out and meet people or or you need to call somebody and ask forgiveness because you've been like that pharisee who said lord i'm not like this tax collector lord is saying repent repent for this is not the matter of any religion this is the kingdom of god jesus christ is king in this kingdom He's saying repent and turn around and humble down and receive the righteousness of God that comes from a relationship and if you have a rela- relationship with God and you don't have a relationship with man with your husband with your wife that's not a relationship with God if you love God how can you hate your brother how can you hate your husband how can you hate your wife how can you hate your father mother God says if you have a relationship with me you will love them you will love them just just repent this morning god is saying his love is just being poured over you hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah